Welcome to Group Function, where the ProTrue Serati work together to find good solutions to worthy problems in dentistry with your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, ProTrue Serati. I'm Jazz Gulati, and welcome to this Group Function all about line angles. This was inspired by Dr. Devin Mandalia. I'm going to ask Devin's question now. So in episode 52, I gave a protrusive dental pearl about the use of a pencil on its front and on its side to reveal different things about the line angles when you're doing direct composite restorations like veneers, for example. And on that YouTube video of the Petrusa Dental Pearl, uh, Dr. Devin Mandalia, Devin, thanks so much for sending your question, buddy. He says, once you have drawn the desired line angles, how would you suggest to really define them? When using a burr or a disc, I tend to find I get a result which is rather flat and lacks the line angle definition. So I got someone who's absolutely phenomenal at line angles. I look at uh, Matt Parsons' cases on Instagram, and every single case, he's absolutely nailed the line angles. And I think that is really the most fundamental thing about what defines the anatomy of your incisors. It's about getting those line angles crisp and perfect so they don't look like flat tic tacs. Uh, so, Devin, I hope you enjoy, uh, and everyone, hope you enjoy this um, group function with Matt Parsons, uh, all about how to redefine really those line angles. Thanks so much. For those listening, we need to congratulate uh, Matty, Matty Parsons. I've got to say your name now so you, you can introduce yourself in a moment. But congratulations for becoming a father to a little George who's seven weeks old. Uh, describe the last seven weeks for us. Uh, a roller coaster of nappies, no sleep, screaming, kind of the, the moment where you get home from work and Meg just looks like she's had <laughs> constantly all day and just kind of like throws him at me, like get him off me for, for half an hour <laughs> at least. But, um, and, but so, so annoying at the same time. So he can be just crying for no reason for two hours and you're kind of saying what is wrong with you and then he just gives you one little smile and it's like oh you're so annoying because now I can't be angry with you <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like George might have uh, what my son had like you know the whole colic term right I mean my son was pretty colic for the first three four months uh, crying for no reason and stuff uh, I'll never forget that uh, but don't worry the end is in sight eventually they will grow out of it don't worry or George awesome will. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully sooner <laughs> rather than later. <laughs> we'll have to do a fatherhood podcast another day because today is about uh, it's a group function about nailing those line angles. Uh, Matty, your work that I've seen on social media is just stunning. Like even the full protocol cases that you post on on Mini Smarmo Curva and the before and afters that we see on Instagram, those line angles and the anatomy is just absolutely brilliant. And that's what we need your help with today. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you started to get. Uh, involved with uh, being the go-to guy in your area for for these kind of uh, composite restorations. Uh, how did that journey evolve? Oh, great question. So I qualified the same year as you. I think we were both presidents together. You were Sheffield and I was Liverpool. Um, and mm-hmm. then I think maybe we went a little bit similar. I, I did VT and then moved abroad for a little while. So I lived in Australia for a year and travelled for a little bit. Um, and by the time I then came home, I'd kind of seen a different world of dentistry. So rather than you know, the, the six months working as an associate before I went was UDAs and oh my God, I've done 40 UDAs today. That's an awesome day. And ah, oh God, you know, that crown didn't fit. I've lost my 12 UDAs. And it's just that constant treadmill of clocking these UDAs. And I went to Australia where I was seeing like a dozen patients a day and taking my time and getting to know patients better. And it was just like, wow, this is what it can be like. So I got home and started basically thinking, do you know what? I need to, if I'm going to do this, I need to upskill. 
Um, and the first thing I did was go and do Depeche's course, so Mini Smile Makeover, um, which I know you've done as well. And like, it, it sounds dramatic, but it really isn't. That it just changed my career. Like, I, I just started doing a few cases, and then it ju- it snowballed. And friends of those patients would come in, and you know, people saying, "Oh, put some stuff on Instagram." And I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll set up an Instagram." And then it just went from there. And before you know it, it's you've got to be careful that it doesn't become all you do because you'll you'll burn out if it is all you do so you know try and still maintain a bit of a mixed mixed bag but yeah it kind of just snowballed really and it, it's nice because it's the kind of stuff where every case you do you feel yourself learning something so it's that exponential you know the more you do the better you get the better you get the more you do and it's good it's nice it's, it's been absolutely brilliant to, to see your uh, evolution in the last few years. It's good to hear your origin story and how you did one course. But you know what, Matty, you know that there are so many courses out there and we go on them. And the number one thing that we've all, you and I are both guilty of, and, and every dentist listening to this right now has been guilty of at some point in the past is they don't apply or they don't apply what they learn quick enough, soon enough. Because I do think all courses and all knowledge comes with a kind of like an expiry date. And if you don't apply it, soon enough, then you, you lose your confidence, you lose your mojo, you lose that sort of enthusiasm for it. Uh, and so I think part of uh, what, what you said, what really resonates with me is not only going on the right course, but then applying it. And then that sort of snowballs into referrals, right? Because I think it's pretty much it started off as word of mouth before it blew up on Instagram, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. You know, treating nurses, then nurses' friends, and then friends of nurses' friends and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, no, totally agree. It's it's hitting the ground running. That's the most important thing. And when you go on these courses, I think it's worth maybe having a, a case lined up for when you get back that you, you think it might help you with. Make sure you get the equipment that they use in the composite. You know, you might have to spend a few quid, but you, you do have to hit the ground running. Otherwise, it was pointless going. Um, and then you go. The other lovely thing is that then you you build on it. So after Depeche's course, I went and did Andy's course, Andy McLean, um, which is kind of mm. specifically composite veneers. And he works, he, he's a blooming genius at what he does but he works totally differently to Dipesh so then what you start doing is going well I do like that about the way that I have been doing it from what Dipesh has taught me but that's pretty cool that Andy does so I'm going to bring that in as well and you end up finding your own kind of niche in amongst all the others. That's a real gem right there because a lot of people say to me Jazz why did you go on so many different occlusion schools of thoughts but there's no unified theory right if you if you expose yourself to different theories different way of doing things you'll be able to build your own version of the way you see the world and it's, it's that th- saying again that I, I said a few episodes of the Alan, Alan Matthews in Scotland listen to everyone but do what feels right to you and that's exactly what you do you listen to Dipesh you listen to, to Andy and then you do you do, you're doing Matty and we can see that. We see your signature in every case, your photography. Like I could see some photos now without even seeing your name on Instagram. I'm like, okay, that's Matty's photography right there. So by the way, if you haven't seen Matty's photography, you have to check him out on Instagram and just look at his photos, look at his cases. So what we're going to ask you today is a question sent in by uh, Devin Mandalia. De- Devin, thanks so much for sending this in, buddy. It's on YouTube, uh, episode 52. Uh, it was a little video I made about line angles. And basically he asked the following, Matty. He says, once you have drawn on the desired line angle. So I think what he means is using the front end of the pencil and just drawing where you want in your mind's eye the line angles to be. How do you suggest to define it? So make that pencil become the reality of the line angle. And what he's found is that when he's using uh, burrs or discs, he tends to get a result which is rather flat, which is happens to all of us, happened to me loads before. Uh, what is your best advice to really get those lovely, well-defined line angles? First of all, ju- you just you touched on photography and let, I just need to shout out Minesh Patel, who I went on his course and he taught me everything. But moving, moving, yeah, he's very, very excellent. Um, in terms of drawing on the line angles, 
It is an awesome question because you see it on social media where people have drawn on where they want the line angles to be. And then the next slide is that's where their line angle is. And there's no real explanation of how they got from one to the other. Do you know, this is a really kind of rubbish answer, but don't do that because your pencil line isn't going to define where your composite is. It should be, it's the other way around. You know, when you're carving your composite in the first place, when you've got full ability to manipulate it, you can nudge it this way, nudge it that way. And um, if you go too far one way, you can bring it back. You know, as soon as you start going at it with discs and burrs, if you take a little bit too much out of it, well, you're stuffed because then how, what are you going to do? You're going to re-sandblast it, rebond it, and it's just a nightmare. So you want to really get 99% of the way there while the composite is uncured because you've got the flexibility and if it takes you 10 minutes to get the line angle that you want or if it takes you an hour that's okay do you know we've booked a long appointment we know it's going to take a while um but get there while the composite is uncured then use your your pencil to almost shade where the line angle is and show you exactly where it is so use it i think you so using it on his side exactly and you've picked up on that because you you specified about drawing with the tip of the pencil and that's the key thing is that it, maybe if you look at trying to get your line angles right before you cure it, then cure it, then mm -hmm. shade with the pencil kind of on its side along roughly where the line angle is. And what it will do is give you a pencil line of where your line angle is right now rather than where you want it to be. And then you look at that and then you modify that. So if you want to... So let, let's go in two directions, Matty. So we can talk about once you have focused a bit more time on getting the light angle while uh, the composite is uncured and then you can shade it in. And then how do you define it at that point? And then we can go back a few steps and any tips on actually uh, how you're managing the interproximal areas to nudge the line angle in the direction that you want and how you want it to look. Yeah, cool. Okay, so once you've got the line angle on, you want to change it. You need to be polishing on the side of that pencil line away from the direction that you want the pencil line to move. Does that make sense? So this is tricky because this is obviously a very visual thing trying to describe with words. But if you can imagine your line angle running down the tooth and let's say this lovely arc run exactly where you want it, but in the mid third of that, that pencil line. Let's talk teeth. Let, let's talk about an upper left central incisor and we're talking about the mesial line angle and then maybe use uh, mesial and distal as uh, or cervical and incisal as your reference points in terms of how, how you're gonna how we can do that. Would that help? Yeah, cool. So up left one, we've got our mesial line angle and it's running from fairly close to the meso incisal edge. And it's starting fairly parallel with the long axis of the tooth before then starting to curve towards the center of the tooth as it comes towards the gingival margin. That's where we want it. Now let's say we've put our line angle in and we've shaded with the side of the pencil and that line looks pretty good but halfway up, it kind of deviates towards the midpoint of the tooth before coming back out to where you want it, as an example, okay? Um, you want to polish, so with a, one of a few things, an enhanced burr is really good by Dentsply, um, the blue flexi points are really good by Cosmodent um, or Enlighten, you can use soft flex discs if you rather, um, you know, whatever you've got really, whatever works in your hands, but you want to polish on the side of that line angle opposite to where you want it to go. So you want to be polishing kind of closer to the center of the tooth. And as you polish, you'll see that that line angle starts being transported kind of towards the midline, if that makes sense. So, so, so if you've got a line angle that's too far into the middle of the tooth and it's curving too soon, then you would use it more in the uh, dist on the distal side or towards the middle of the tooth and you're sort of uh, using your disc or, or burr in that situation. You tell me which is best for that situation to uh, move the line angle closer towards the midline, right? Exactly. And, and vice versa, you know, if, if you've got very narrow line angles that are very kind of straight and you want them curving in a little bit more, um, that's where I definitely use discs because 
as soon as you that kind of that area on the if we're talking about that mesial line angle and up left one that area of composite mesial to that line angle is really precious like once you if you pardon my French cock that up you've really cocked it up and it's difficult to come back from that so you want to when you're adjusting that bit you want to take it slow and you know fine discs nothing nothing too coarse um, and just take your time and be patient if you're moving it the other direction but yeah no that, that's it so don't be scared to practice would be my top tip you know get some um some models or whatever and put some composite on draw your line angles and have a play polish it this way polish it that way and you'll see you know draw on with your pencil polish it let it move draw on again and you'll see what you've done you'll see that it's it's changed um yeah in terms of what to use i would say that the best two in my hands are enhanced spurs the the disc ones um so it's like a little five pence piece and you don't use so it's like a five pence piece but you don't use the queen's face you use the the edge of the the coin if that makes sense are you I with me so you, you run it down you run it down kind of with the edge and, and pull down the tooth with that um or the flexi points are really good by by cosmodent as well for a similar kind of thing and what you get out of those which is quite nice is a little bit more random vertical texture which just adds a little bit of life likeness the enhanced burst you can get something that's really perfect and homogenous but it can sometimes look a bit too flat whereas the blue flexi points are a bit fiddlier and, and are gonna do less but if there's less to do then you get a, the advantage of a little more vertical texture and kind of randomness if you like without going over the top sometimes with line angles I, i've done it before where i've got it a, a little bit too pointy like you can put, almost feel with your glove finger it's sharp almost because you've done all that sort of uh, negotiation of where you want it to be and then you've got a sharp point so at that point um what's your top tip to just soften it and, and get that sharp point to a rounded point uh, would it be the enhanced just running across it uh, the enhanced might be a little aggressive for that i'd maybe use like a fine soft flex disc and almost roll it um from mesial to distal over the line angle so you're almost kind of shaving off that that sharpness but saying about making a sharp angle and then softening it that is absolutely the way to do it and the way that i do it you want when you kind of well i'll come, I'll come back to this in a sec but it, it's much easier to soften a sharp line angle than it is to define a kind of lacking line mm-hmm. angle if that makes sense so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what you're doing is the right thing there in my opinion that's the way that i do it and the way i find quite simple to do perfect that will help so let's let's talk about last thing then so we're almost going back a few steps and when you're actually um adapting your composite uh and you're getting that line angle you're, you're doing that 99 percent of the work to make your polishing easier and get that well-defined line angle what top tips can you share with the protruserati on that point god as a proud member of the uh protruserati if i can say it um <laughs> <laughs> the the main thing for me is making sure that when you're kind of placing that composite on the tooth so we learned at uni that um let's stick with an upper central it's got three planes so it kind of you know tucks in towards the cervical quite flat and then curves back in again at the incised ledge when we're working from mesial to distal we don't have that so much it should be flat so when we are kind of creating that labial well flattish when we're creating that labial aspect we only really want to be working in two planes. So when we're applying the composite, we either want it flat on the tooth, facing directly at us, or say 45 degrees or so sloping away from us. So that if you were to cross-section that tooth, it would be, well, that composite, should I say, it would be a kind of a trapezium shape, if that makes sense. And that the, the top of the trapezium, so the, the smaller length of the trapezium, should be really, really flat. Um, and it's really kind of a top tip is that when you're, 
doing this kind of work, that view from the incisal edge looking in your mirror is crucial because that's where you're looking at, have I domed the kind of the restoration? So is it is it really kind of doming across? Because then you're not going to get that point where the composite suddenly changes direction because that's what gives you that line angle. Um, it's going to be a lot more gradual into the embrasure, um, into the contact point. So you're not going to have that, that definition. You might get a hint of a line angle, but it's not going to be exactly as you want it. Um, so, you know, as you're applying the composite, your instrument, it, a little bit like when we did bridge preps at uni, um, fix, fix bridge, your burr stays in the same angulation while you're working. You don't deviate from that similar kind of idea. So your whatever you're using, I like to use an Optra sculpt pad to do the kind of the main labial aspect. As I'm moving around the tooth, that's staying in the same plane. I'm not curving it from mesial to distal. I'm smearing it left and right rather than rotating, if that makes sense. Then use something like Spot an IPCL, on. so a really fine carver, to then almost tuck the composite then down towards the, the contact point. Um, and again, with that, what you want it in the same plane. So you want it kind of then angling about 45 degrees away from that labial aspect. Um, and then once you're there, it, it's very, you know, you have the, the main shape there within a minute and then you spend 20 minutes tweaking and perfecting and, and getting it right and but it, it's much much easier to to tweak it if it's most of the way there already if that makes sense that does make perfect sense what's your uh, main method of interpoxal management i.e mylar pull technique or do you like to put matrices in or um like most cases i guess it's case dependent any advice you can uh, shed on that and that's the last thing i'm going to really squeeze out of you <laughs> Yeah, case dependent. Mylar pull is the kind of the go-to, especially if there's already a contact point there um, that we're kind of conforming to, if you like. All I'm trying to do, if, if, if the teeth are already touching, I'm just trying to get some composite into that contact. I'm not trying to create this lovely contact because the contact's already there. Um, the kind of exception to the rule would be diastema closure. Um, where we might mm -hmm. use mm -hmm. like a, a curved matrix for the gingival, say, third um, and then a mylar strip for then the rest, because, you know, if you use a curve matrix for the entire thing, you end up with that kind of contact point where they, they curve down really nicely, touch each other. And then as you get towards the incisal edge, they start curving away again. Um, so there's, there's two parts to a contact point, the curved aspect of the gingival margin, then the flat aspect. Um, but yeah, I'd say nine times out of 10, mylar pull. And there's loads of stuff on YouTube. If you, if you just look for mylar pull technique on YouTube, there's loads of good good examples of that. What I'll do is I'll put it on uh, the Protrusive Dental Community Facebook group so people can be familiar with those. But you're right, they're Corky Wilhite, uh, Bud Hopper. All these people have got really good um, videos. I think Dipesh has got one as well on the mylar pull technique. So I'll, I'll find that and I'll link it. Uh, Matty, I've, I've really got some great value from today. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on to, to really help uh, Devin and everyone basically with that really important, uh, daily sort of issue that we find with composites um, and guys if you haven't already do check out Matty on Instagram uh, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's doctor.matt.parsons the classic you guys should check it out honestly it's absolutely phenomenal um, Matty thank you so much I will let you go and be a father to George again I hope you got nice things planned with him this weekend just lots of cuddles and, and love I'm sure oh Jess thanks so much it's an absolute honour to be to be on this Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt, for coming on the podcast to help us with nailing our line angles. I hope you enjoyed that, guys. Like always, follow at Protrusive Dental. And if you have a burning question, a small issue that's a big problem in your life, then do share it with me and I'll find someone to nail it for you so you can be a better dentist Monday morning. Thanks, guys, for joining me and I'll catch you in the next episode. Yeah.